How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio live, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Monday, July 31st, and you know what that means, guys. We're another day closer to football season starting. I'm, I hope y'all are as excited as I am. I can smell it in the air. I can feel it. You know, I really like seeing the fact the Falcons had a practice in the Dome. You know, it just makes it feel like we're even closer and closer and closer. Can't wait for some college football, NFL football, the picks and everything coming for y'all. But let's get down to it today, guys. The first thing I want to talk about before I have our special guest, Bid Bolton, come on once again, me and we're going to talk a lot of baseball trade deadline and all kinds of stuff like that. But the first thing I got to talk about today, guys, is the Rockets signing Carmelo Anthony to that one year, $2.4 million deal and the Hawks buying him out. So the first thing I got to say about it is my winner of all of this is Oklahoma City. I mean, yeah, the Hawks got Dennis Schroeder off the book, off the books. Nobody wanted him. So at least we got it, got rid of him. We got pretty much no draft pick. We literally got basically nothing in return for Schroeder. We just got rid of him. Don't have to pay him anymore. We got, we have to pay all this money out of Mello. And you know what it tells me first off guys is nobody wanted Schroeder. And the second thing it tells me is that the Hawks are throwing this season away again. I know people said, oh, the Hawks want to be a little bit better. People are trying to say that we're trying to make our roster a little bit better. That is not the case at all. We just want to put butts in seats. That's why we went out and got Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin has a huge Asian population fan base, which gives the team a lot more butts in seats. I went to a lot of games last year. Like, I went to a game against the Raptors, guys, the first place team in the East when they have the best record in the East when they're on that huge winning streak they went on. And there was literally maybe 30 people in the no, – not 30, but there was less than 10,000 people in that stadium, if I had to guess. It was pathetic how many people were in there. I started out sitting like third, I started started out sitting like 20, 25 rows back, and I ended the game sitting first row. Like nobody cared, and there was nobody in that stadium. You know, it was pathetic. So that was what ended up happening. But my reason being the Thunder, the biggest winner of this trade, is because. The Thunder got rid of Melo, who was the cancer of their team. I've said I feel like that Paul George and Russell Westbrook is like Chris Paul and James Harden. They work well in twos, not threes, which I'll get to why I don't think Melo is going to work out in Houston. But I really think this team's going to work a lot better now. They have a good six-man, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder had probably some of his best years as the six-man on the Hawks. I mean, he was really, really good that year, and the Hawks are really, really good. So I really like Schroeder being that six-man for for the Thunder, and I think the Thunder are going to have a lot better season. You know, I think their finishing lineup will be uh, – Grant, George, Adams, Westbrook, and Schroeder. I think that's a pretty good finishing lineup for them. You know, I look for Terrence Ferguson to take a little jump here in his second year. I really like him as a prospect. And I really just think they did a good job putting this roster together. So once again, shout out to Sam Pressy of making big moves and bringing big names in and out and doing good things in this Oklahoma City roster. He's got to be one of the best GMs in basketball and he did a great job. I mean, I'm not really going to go in much to Atlanta. We're going to suck this year. I think we're probably going to be the worst team in the league. Anybody who thinks differently, love to talk to you, talk with you about it. But I promise y'all, we're going to be the worst team in the league, which is not a bad thing. We just need to hope the Mavericks finish outside of the top five and that the um, Cavs finish outside of the top ten so we can get those two draft picks and have a good year with three uh, lottery picks. That'd be very nice. And, you know, even if we don't get that first pick, we might package some picks together and move up and get that number one pick if there's a consensus number one overall player. 
I'm not going to lie, the basketball player I'm the most excited to watch outside of Trey Young this year is not in the NBA. It's Zion Williamson in college. I really think that Zion is that player. You know, we saw him dunk on a bunch of like dunk on a bunch of kids like where I'm from, a bunch of Johns Creek, Fulton County boys, high school, like just a bunch of high school kids. You know, I really feel like that we haven't seen if Zion's really that good or if he's just playing against inferior competition. So I'm really excited to see that and we'll find out how good he really is. But Back to everything. Do I think this makes the Rockets team better or worse? I personally think it makes the Rockets team worse. I liked it better when they had Ariza and Umbamute, but both those guys have left. They re-signed and brought back Capella. So, you know, their starting five will probably be Mello at the four. Then they'll have Harden, Paul, um... The, th- the three spot kind of still open, maybe Mello at the three spot, Tucker at the four, and then their five is obviously Capella. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Rockets do. They could also start Eric Gordon and have Mello at the four, which would be interesting to see. So there's a lot of different lineups they can play, but I just feel like that Mello's not going to work. And, you know, the thing that makes me think he's not going to work the most is when he said he's not coming off the bench. He said, I know what's best for me. I know when I'm ready to come off the bench. And I mean, Mello, dog, like this team was so good last year and you just can't come in and ruin the whole chemistry with the you want your thing I know you want your shots I know you want to do your thing do what you think you're good at but I'm just here to tell you man it's not the best way to play Rockets basketball they like to let the you know the one thing that Melo does supply with that Rockets basketball is the fact that he's just like the whole rest of the team they like to sit around and watch people go ISO I mean Melo likes to stand around and do nothing or he likes to have the ball and go ISO so I mean that at least works for him but I don't think the team will be that much worse like I said I thought the Rockets should go after James Ennis and they went and got him I think he'll be one of their next good 3 and D players they re-signed Gerald Green but I'm going to be honest guys I really can't bank that much on Gerald Green you know he was out of the league for part of the season and the Rockets picked him up and added him so unfortunately guys I'm going to have to say I mean do I think the Rockets uh, roster is that much worse than last year? No. I mean, it's definitely not that much worse than last year, but do I really think this team is the second best team in the West? I mean, that's a toss-up. If you held a gun to my head right now, I don't think I could pick them to finish second in the West, and I really think this, these moves they've made have kind of made the West more up for grabs again. I think that Houston can easily still get that two-seed, but I don't think it'll be like it was last year where they just completely dominated the whole Western Conference. Obviously, I think Golden State's going to be a lot better. I don't think Houston can beat them like last year. Like I said, I thought last year was an outlier season, and I thought that was the Rockets' year. And, you know, guys, the team fell apart, and it just didn't turn out. And that was kind of what I figured happened. Chris Paul's been injury-prone, so to say he's going to be healthy this year is kind of absurd. He's only getting older and older. I believe he is 33 years old now. So, I mean, the Rockets' team just keeps getting older and older, and I'm really worried about what's going to happen to this team this year. I honestly just don't think the season's going to turn out the way they want it to. But I still think James Harden's a series. MVP candidate. I still think that LeBron and all them are. I'll get to that more so in the future. I know I talked about on that one podcast who all I thought could be the MVP candidates for this upcoming season, but I'm be honest with you guys. I just really am not a fan of Melo at all in Houston. I think he's a cancer. I think it's a horrible move. I think it's probably one of the worst moves the Rockets could have made bringing him in, but if it does work out, I will gladly eat my words and the Rockets will be easily the second best team in the West and could win the Western Conference. I just think Melo has gotten old. He's just on the decline of his of his uh, career in the NBA. I mean, he was absolutely awful last year in the playoffs with Oklahoma City. It did not work out at all. That was a complete dumpster fire of a team but Thunder made the right move. The Rockets, I don't think so, but I hope it works out for y'all, Houston. I really do because I'm hate. i a big Golden State hater. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a Golden State hater. I respect the way they play basketball. I love watching them play. I like their 
ball movement. I'm just not a fan of their team. I would love to see anybody take them down and beat them, but I'm also a fan of watching the best possible basketball, so that's why I can't consider myself a hater. But let's bring Bid on here, guys, and talk about some MLB. So once again, guys, we got Bid Bolton here with us with the MLB Hot Takes. We're going to come to y'all, talk about some MLB trade deadline and all kinds of moves that have been going on. Bid, say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? You already know what it is. So obviously, guys, we've had tons of big moves the last couple days in the MLB trades. Um, we got winners and losers, just everything. But let's start out here with the Braves last night, trading for Adam Duvall from the Reds. We gave up uh, – what all we give up, it was Whistler. Uh, Matt Whistler, Lucas Sims, and Preston Tucker. And so the way I look at it is the Braves, basically, like you said earlier, Sims, the Reds are really looking for him to see if they can get some out of him. But, I mean, Whistler's basically washed up. Preston Tucker's like 28, and we don't really have a spot for him in the outfield. So I personally like the trade. Duvall's hit uh, 79 home runs since 2016 from the right side. Um, the Braves are really lacking right-handed power hitters, so I think it's the move. I mean, we got 10 right-handed home runs from Acuna, but that's basically it for right-handed hitters for us. I mean, what do you think about the trade? Uh, yeah, I love the move just because the upgrade that it would allow us to have against left-handed pitching. Uh, Ender and Ciarte slash 207, 282, 234 against lefties this year, and that is absolutely horrible. Or as opposed to Adam Duvall, he hit 224, 333, 435 this year. And last year, slash 279, 352, 571, which is elite hitting against left-handed pitching. I love the move. We could move Ronald Acuna over to center against lefties and put Duvall out there and left. And he's among the league leaders in defensive run saved for left fielders, too. So that's a big boost defensively as well because, you know, with Ender to the bench, that would really hurt us defensively. But... Duvall's going to pick up the slack there. So No, I definitely agree I with like you it. there. And like you were saying earlier, while we're doing this podcast, we could possibly see the Braves make a move for Archer. He's definitely still in play. Um, I would personally love to see the Braves make a move for it. I've been saying the Braves need pitching. We obviously acquired two uh, relief pitchers so far. We definitely more moves could be made there. But I could definitely see the Braves moving a guy like Dansby Swanson or Andrew and Ciarte here before the trade deadline. And I think of all the players on our team to move, it'd be one of those two. I could see both of them in a package deal. Who knows? Because I like Austin Riley down in the minors right now. I mean, I think he'll probably get brought up when the roster's expanded, but I wouldn't mind bringing him up sooner rather than later. I'd like to see a little bit more out of Austin Riley. Uh, like, he got called up to Gwinnett, and he was hot. He's cooled off a good bit as of late. Um, I hope If he has a big month of August, I could definitely see him up there in September. I don't see the Braves trading Dansby Swanson right now. Um, his defense has been great, and offensively, he's done about he's looked about the same as Jimmy Rollins. That'd be a good comparison for the first few years. And we all know how good a career he had. Yeah, it's a Hall of Famer right there. Oh, yeah. He had a great career. I don't know if Dansby will ever win an MVP the way J-Roll did, but Dansby, I still have faith he's going to be a solid player. Um, As for Ender, if the market's there, I could see him being moved. I doubt it happens, especially at the deadline. I could see it maybe in the offseason, especially if the Braves have money to spend if they want to get in on uh, A.J. Pollock or want to get in on uh, even Bryce Harper. They've got the money to do it. Um, they might re-sign Nick Markakis. They obviously have Ronald Acuna there. They have Adam Duvall for three more years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Braves do with the outfield. No, I definitely am interested too. I mean, like you said earlier, back on Dansby. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Dansby a lot. I agree with you. He's a great defensive player. I, he's just like the player. I feel like I don't have a problem with the Braves trading if we do. But unlike most Braves fans who thinks Dansby's a bust, I mean, I agree with you. Like he's so young, he still has so much time to just develop. I just feel like if we need to go win now, that him and like you said, Ender are probably the two guys who would get moved to do something like that. But let's talk some winners and losers here. My first winner is the Yankees acquiring Zach Brenton, Lance. 
against Lynn and Jay Happ. I just feel like the Yankees kind of went and bolstered their pitching. We all know that. I mean, obviously, it's a home run hitting league now, and the way we move to with these juice baseballs. Even we saw Pete Rose calling out the MLB for that not too long ago. But I really think it's a good move by the Yankees. I mean, their bullpen is absolutely shut down now with Britton, Batanzas, and Aroldis uh, Chapman as their closer. By the way, that Chapman for Gliber Torres trade might be the greatest trade oh, rape in the history of baseball. They, they knew they were getting him back. Yeah. He straight up said before the trade, if I get moved, I would definitely be open to coming back to New York. And then the Cubs gave up their best prospect and then lost him in free agency to the Yankees again. So that's great move for the Yankees with Britain as well because their bullpen, they're a team that I saw that didn't really need to add a bullpen arm. They are already that good. They have the dominant late-inning relievers, but they added them. Now they're even better. The rotation, they did really need a boost, and Lance Lynn and uh, J.A. Happ should provide that. Happ's having a great year. With, uh, he was having a great year in Toronto, so... I really like what the Yankees are doing. I'd definitely say that they're uh, big winners of this deadline so far. Yeah, no, I mean, Lance Lynn's definitely been struggling this season. We, we've seen kind of his work over the course of his career, what he could do, especially when he's in St. Louis. Battle-tested so. playoff guy. Exactly. Too. That's what I'm Good saying. Guy. So, I mean, I still like the move. I mean, at worst, he goes to your bullpen in the playoffs, but, I mean, he's just another arm to have out there in the regular season. Didn't I think Severino went to the DL with a hand injury as well. Yeah, and Severino's going to – he's – he got rocked his last start. He's going to bounce back. I'm not worried about him at all. He's a bona fide number one true ace who's still young. He's going to have some growing pains, but he's going to be a huge arm for them down the stretch and in the future. And uh, adding Lynn and Hat to compliment him is going to be big, too. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I completely agree with you there. Let's talk. Let's stay in that same division here in the uh, AL East, and let's talk about the Red Sox adding Ian Kinsler. I think that they're another big-time winner here. Like you said earlier, Pedroia is on the DL, so they really needed a bat to fill in there. But, I mean, Ian Kinsler, he's another battle-tested guy from yeah. his days in Detroit and just all around the league in Texas and everything he's been around. He's played big baseball. He knows how to play it, and I mean, he's just a great hitter to have. You can also hit him as a DH if you need to. I mean, I think he could. I think he played a little first base as well a couple yeah, he, times. You can fill in at first if they need him. If anything happens with Mitch Moreland. Um, Hopefully Dustin Pedroia will be back because just as a baseball fan, I'd hate to see Boston make a deep run without Dustin Pedroia. You know, he's kind of with ever since Ortiz uh, retired, he'd been the face of the franchise. So I'd love to see, love to see him have a big postseason. But if he's unable to make it there. Uh, good for them getting Kinsler. That's a good pickup. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Boston's hitting is just going to keep getting better and better. This team's already won 73 games, so I don't think they're cooling off anytime soon. Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez, it's hard to beat that off. Yeah, it's just crazy how the, the Yankees are, got the second most wins in baseball and they're going to be a wild card team. Yeah. Like, they could go home in one game. It's probably going to be them versus Oakland or Seattle. I know a lot of people like Oakland to kind of d- get them out of there. So, I mean, I'll, I didn't see that coming at all. No. I did not expect much out of Oakland this year. No, not at all. Like, I really didn't expect anything out of them either. I mean, I knew they had some had some good young hitters. I knew they had an okay pitching, but I mean, this team's been great. Well, let's talk about them here with requiring Jerry's Familia from the Mets. I mean, I think that makes them another winner here. They got a solid closer to add to their bullpen that's already been pretty good this season. I love what they've done. They already have Blake Trinan and Lou Trevino in the uh, bullpen as well. So this is this is a good team. They really have a shot at the wild card spot out there which I was honestly expecting the Angels to step up. I was expecting the Angels to step up and take of those three teams in the West, of them, the Mariners, and the A's. But the Mariners and the A's, of course, the Astros are going to win that division. I think we all knew that. But the A's and the Mariners have really impressed me this year. They've done way more than I thought that they would do, and the Angels have just flopped. 
Yeah, no, I'm definitely really disappointed in the Angels. This is a team that I had uh, high expectations for coming into the season. I especially feel bad for Mike Trout. You know, like Mike Trout is the guy. He's an MVP caliber. He should be the face of baseball. It still makes me mad that Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper get that face of baseball over him. I mean, he's probably he's probably one of the best, best players. Best player of his generation, and he doesn't. And he, he's almost underrated because he doesn't get as much. He doesn't get. Yeah, it just seems like Mike Trout's almost gone underrated because of the lack of exposure that he's gotten playing out there on the West Coast on a team that he's the Angels have only been a good playoff team like once I think since he's been in the yeah. league. So that it just it hurts to see a guy of that caliber miss the playoffs continually and just waste away out there in Los Angeles and Anaheim. I hope that they can figure something out. They have, a, they have a solid core. They have Trout. They have Otani. They have Justin Upton. They have Garrett Richards. Hopefully they could re-sign him in the offseason because I'd hate to see Mike Trout go through his prime without winning a World Series or even making a deep postseason. Yeah, no, I feel like it's almost unfair to Mike Trout to have him out there and keep putting up these terrible seasons. I mean, he's locked down for a pretty good bit of time, so can't really make many moves there with him on that. I doubt the Angels would trade him. I mean, it's like trading LeBron. Like, yeah. why would you? Nobody does that, you know what I'm saying? No, like, it's the, only... The backlash would be huge. Their fan base would be coming for their heads, and that would be... Exactly, and they got like guys like Jemai Jones coming up as a nice little outfield prospect. I mean, he's a, he's a yeah, he's well. Georgia boy. Yeah, there you go. See, they got a nice little team coming up. So I mean, yeah, they went fishing for Georgia boys for their outfield prospects. Exactly, they? They exactly. Two out, they might have two Georgia boys and uh, Mike Trout there sooner rather than later. So that'd be pretty cool to watch. Oh yeah, I know for sure. Let's uh, shift our view a little bit over here to the NL. Um, obviously, the biggest trade move so far, the biggest name that's been traded was Manny Machado to the Dodgers. Um, I mean, we've already seen how good he's done since going over there they just whooped the Braves ass and left town I mean I was pretty pissed about how that series went we have Nuke below the uh his uh no hitter and on down to his last out last couple strikes but rough day for Nuke man. <laughs> yeah talking about a roller coaster day yeah no we'll get to that roller coaster day for Nuke here in a few minutes but I mean what do you think about the Machado move was it um I like it they gave up a good bit like I said they gave up five prospects for him for a rental that's pretty bad but at the same time they didn't give up really top tier guys for them them, in my opinion, they did. They did give up one or two potential impact guys in the future, but I don't think that. I don't think they really gave up anybody with superstar potential for Manny Machado. So that might come back to hurt them a little bit, but I don't think it'll come back to bite them in the ass too bad. I don't think that it was necessarily a bad move with the guys that they gave up, but at the same time, the O's getting five prospects in return. I guess they need the quantity. They don't have that great of a farm system right now. Um, and obviously there's no need for Manny to stay there because they're on pace to be one of the worst teams in Major League history at this point. Um, not a bad move either way. Definitely could put the Dodgers over the top in the National League and make them the team to beat. And uh, they're still in on a bunch of controllable starters like Chris Archer and Marcus Stroman right now. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, the Dodgers always have a good chance of re-signing guys like this, especially Machado. I could definitely see him re-signing there. They've got the money. They definitely have to move, move Justin Turner. But like you said, I mean, the Dodgers have no problem paying money to anybody. So, I mean, they are they can afford to give up prospects if anyone can because they're willing to go out and spend the big bucks. Um, 
Another move I really like, a team that's been making plays is the Brewers. We saw how hot they were. Then we saw them struggle right before the trade deadline and even struggle since they returned from the deadline or from the all-star break. But I really like the fact they got me stocky. So I think it gives them another good hitter. And I like the acquisition of Soria as well for their bullpen. I just think that they're doing good things to bolster everything. I mean, even though that Hader got a lot of, he had some stupid comments on Twitter and stuff and got a lot of grief for it in, in uh, media and stuff. But I still think that he's a great pitcher. I mean, we, he's pretty much been the most dominant pitcher in the MLB this season out of the bullpen. So, Oh, yeah. I hate the way that that story is gone because he really has been the best reliever in baseball all year. And then now nobody's going to think of him as that. They're going to think of him as a horrible guy because of some dumb stuff that he said back in the day. But um, Brewers, just like the Yankees, a team that didn't necessarily need to solidify the bullpen, went out and got one of the top arms on the market. So that's big for them. And Mike Moustakis... I like the move, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting the Royals to get that much back for half a season to Mike Moustakis. They got a solid uh, uh, right-handed pitching prospect, and they got uh, the young outfielder, Brett Phillips, who's got a pretty high ceiling. That's a solid return, uh, return for the Royals, and Moose could really help out that offense, though. They kind of started struggling at the end of the first half after they'd been one of the best teams in baseball all half, so it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. The Brewers had to make moves to make themselves better, especially to stay in that wild card race. It's going to be a tight race between them, the Braves, I mean, possibly the Phillies, Nationals, who basically between whichever of those three teams doesn't win the division, they're the going to I don't know how the Nats are going to look after today, though. They're shopping most of their one-year guys around. Uh, there's a rumor that Bryce Harper was out there and Mark Feinstein dropped that late last night. But then this morning, Nats GM Mike Rizzo said that he's not available but, I mean, think about the way John Coppola handled things. Craig Kimbrell was not available. Jason Hayward was not available. Justin Upton was not available. So just because the GM says it doesn't necessarily mean it was true, but I think it would take a huge return to, for Bryce Harper to leave Washington. Right now. Yeah, I mean, if the right pieces are on the table, almost anybody's available. If you've, I've learned anything in sports, if you offer the right things, anybody can be traded. It's just all about the I mean, it's just all about the right thing. Most of the time when guys are on the trade block, you know you're not getting as much as in return, but like you're saying, same thing. Like anybody, if you get the right return anybody's available but let's talk about the nationals real quick here they're definitely a loser in my mind at the trade deadline here um i just feel like that this team they're top i think they're top three in highest payroll in mlb so i mean they're paying tons of money out to all these guys if you look at their roster they're absolutely stacked with all the players and talent they have on here but they just can't seem to put it together i feel like they're just one of those teams where the chemistry is off like we saw strasburg yeah. and scherzer get into it over that braves nationals matchup i did like the way that scherzer handled that though that could have easily escalated the way that the Papelbon Harper incident did a few years ago, but they came in. Scherzer saw that Strasburg wasn't taking that criticism too well, and he said, all right, let's go down to the tunnel. We're not doing this in front of everybody. I really like the way that he handled that, but at the same time, the wheels do appear, appear to be falling off in Washington right now, and that's going to be – I don't like their chances for the second half, which as a Braves fan, that makes me happy. Yeah. But, I mean – it, it really is hard to see a team like them that was projected to be one of the best teams in baseball collapse like this. Um, I really wasn't expecting it. Bryce Harper hasn't been doing what Bryce Harper can do, what he's capable of. But, I mean, he hasn't been awful. The average has been low, but other than that, he's been solid all year. Um, my dog's whining here. I don't think he likes me saying that Bryce Harper's been solid all year. But, uh, I mean, I don't... He's, I think he's going to have a big second half, too. I think he's going to bounce back. But 
the Washington Nationals, I think, are done at this point. I think it's over for them. Yeah, no, I agree with you, too. Uh, it's just one of those things where, like, the chemistry and everything's off. I mean, a lot of times there can be – there's just teams that are stacked where we don't have, really have any reasoning for it. I look back on, like, for example, the uh, Eagles when they had the, quote, dream team. Yeah. I mean, we just saw the wheels fall off there, and I feel like that's just what happened in Washington. I mean, if I'm – personally, if I'm the Nationals here, I'm probably making a trade of some sort. I just feel like they have to try to acquire something with the payroll they have, whether they're going to dump salary or bring something else off. You kind of have to be like, look, this team hasn't worked out. Let's at least shake something up in some way. I mean, I just feel like that they're not really doing anything and them staying quiet is not smart for them. And the report today is that Gio Gonzalez is being shopped pretty heavily, so that that could be a pretty big move right before the deadline. Uh, they've got several bullpen pieces that can move. Like, even newly acquired uh, Kelvin Herrera could be on the move again today. Um I don't know. I mean, they said that if they they needed to win at least three games of that Miami series to be considered contenders in their own mind, and then they split the series with them. I mean, the 52 and 53, third in the East, never would have imagined that the Nats would be under 500 at this point in the season. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I mean, the Nationals, I never would imagine either. My other two, before we get back to our last couple winners, the other two losers I have for this uh, trade deadline are the Twins and Mets. And, I mean, the Twins, they've made the playoffs the last two years. I mean, they brought in pieces. This team was looking good, and they pretty much have blown it up. They traded Eduardo Escobar to the uh, Diamondbacks, got a decent return for him. But I just feel like they've kind of blown the team up and everything they've done, after, especially after trading Lance Lynn. Yeah, and uh, Eduardo Escobar being gone is really going to impact their offense. Uh, all they really have left is Eddie Rosario, which I would love to see him be moved, but I just don't think they'll do that. Um, I definitely agree with you. They'd be a loser at the deadline because I was expecting much better from them. I thought that they rivaled the Indians in the Central this year, and right now it's looking like nobody but the Indians is going to do anything. That yeah, that division's been terrible. I mean, honestly, even the Indians yeah. were having a bad season for a while. They finally picked it up again, but they really need a bat like Bryce Harper right now. So if he is on the block, that's a team that I would watch for him. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the Indians even go out and get Adrian Beltre. I mean, he's a oh, veteran yeah, with like lots of playoff experience. He can still hit home runs, hit for average. You know, I think he'd fit in well there for them. Also, the Mets have really fallen off. The Mets started the season out so well. They had all these, you know, they really had some old, like, older veterans who definitely weren't washed up by any means, but, like, they could be on the washed-up side of baseball and stuff, and they, they just kind of rolled over after having a good first month. And they the Mets aren't just aren't willing to blow the team up and deal everybody. They could get great return for DeGrom. Yeah, I mean, I, hate what the Mets are doing right now. They lost, well, they traded Camillion before the market really materialized for relief pitchers, so they didn't get nearly the return that they could have if they'd held out a little bit longer. And then Noah Syndergaard goes down with a hand, mouth, and foot disease, which I didn't... Apparently only babies get that. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that that was a real thing when I first heard about it. I thought it was a joke. But, I mean, after that... And Seth with a heel injury where he's going to have to have surgery to be out. Talk about a terrible minutes. contract. Oh, my God, yeah. He, I mean, he's a good hitter if he can stay on the field, but he's not staying on the field. I look for the Mets to try to uh, ship him out early next year if he comes back and proves that he can hit. I would definitely think that a good move for them would be to ship him to an AL team where he can uh, DH some. Um and then as far as DeGrom goes, I think that they definitely should look into trading him at this point. The Mets will not be good for another few years. DeGrom's only got two years on his contract after this. So I think that uh, I think he would be the ideal guy for them to move because his value is sky high right now. He leads the league in ERA. 
you'd be a huge pickup for any contender right now. Teams like Atlanta and Milwaukee be involved. I just I don't see what the deal is with the Mets. I don't see why they would hold on to him right now. They think they're too good to rebuild, but they're definitely not good enough to contend this year or even next year. Blow it up. I don't get it. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Let's get back to our winners on on here. So the last ones I want to talk about real quick. We just talked about Diamondbacks and Escobar. Let's talk about uh, the Cubs getting Cole Hamels. You know, I think that that's really one of the uh, better pitchers that they could have got. I really wanted the Braves to go out and get him. I felt like that they they kind of bought low on him, which yeah. is really good for a guy with Cole Hamels. Lots of playoff experience. He won that World Series with the Phillies. I feel like he's been there. You know, he's been one of those guys who's been traded actually kind of at the deadline to be a good Very player. better in the clubhouse, too. Exactly. So, I mean, I really wish the Braves got him, but I think that's a huge win for the Cubs with how stacked the rotation is now. I love that move for Chicago because you look at Hamels, he's struggled the last month or so, and his overall stats aren't great. But that's really inflated because he hasn't – he wasn't pitching well in Texas. His home road splits are insane. 641 ERA at home as opposed to a 293 on the road. I think that uh, change of scenery will do him well. I think he's going to have a big second half up in Ripley. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Definitely think he's going to do well, and I think this makes the Cubs, as I picked before the season, my favorite to go back go to the World Series out of the NL. I think that it puts them back up there again. Um, last uh, trade let's talk about is a Drupal Cabrera, the, one of the moves the Mets actually did make, getting uh, shipped out to the Phillies. I think that's a really underrated move by the Phillies. I think that that gives them a lot better hit, uh, hitting in their lineup. You know, he was knocking the cover off the ball there for the while, and he still is hitting the ball pretty well, so I really like the move. That's what they needed. Um, they've been the worst defensive team in baseball all year, and their infield has been the worst offensive infield in baseball all year. So adding a guy like Israel Cabrera that can help him on both sides of the ball like that is huge. Um, that's That could be the piece that puts them above the Braves. Uh, we can see – we have to wait and see what Atlanta does the rest of the day, obviously. But Israel Cabrera could, uh, could be the difference maker in and a division that's as tight as it is right now with the Phillies only a half game up. Oh, yeah, and I'm not even going to lie. I didn't believe in the Phillies before the season started. I really thought that they uh, didn't have anything going for them, and I thought they were stupid to pay the contracts out and to make the moves they did. But, hey, I was wrong, and I'll gladly eat my words on that one. They've, they've had a great team this year, and they've been very successful, so, and they've been picking up as the Braves have been slacking off here. So, yeah, I mean, Their young pitching has been anchoring them all year, especially Aaron Nola. He's, oh, yeah. he's going to be a true ace. He might win Cy Young. Oh, he's got to he's got as good a shot as anybody at this point. I think he's probably top three right now. I'd say he's third behind uh, Scherzer and DeGrom, in my opinion, at the moment. Uh, Mike Fultonevich was up there. He's had a rough string of starts lately, but I'm not really worried about him. He'll bounce back and have a big second half as well. But I think Aaron Nola is third behind Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom right now. And I apologize if I'm talking weird because I'm trying to put tug of war with my dog simultaneously so that he won't bark at us. <laughs> yeah, we can't have Captain jumping in here and giving us his hot takes too. But uh, let's uh, go here now. To, I know what you wanted to talk about, which was Sean Newcomb with uh, everything coming out during his uh, his almost no-hit bid on Sunday. I, I really hate it for him. He's a guy with a great reputation in the clubhouse. He's always been known as a great teammate and a great guy. Uh, I, I really hate it for him. I hate the thing I hate the most about him, and I can lump Trey Turner into this as well, is that they're now being thrown into the same category as Josh Hader. Where yes, what Sean Newcomb said on Twitter was stupid. He shouldn't have said it. Same goes for Trey Turner. But calling your friend an offensive name and tweeting rap lyrics is not the same as throwing the hard R around and 
tweeting white power. So I really don't like that they're in the same category as Josh Hader now. I understand that there would be some backlash, but it, they shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah, see, I agree with you completely. I think there's one thing. I think it's being stupid and young in high school. Like, I mean, we all made mistakes when we were young and stuff. And anybody who says differently is clearly lying to you because everyone when they were in high school said and did stupid things. And even when they were younger than that. But I mean, what Hader did is absolutely inexcusable. I mean, the hard R and white power. I mean, that's just that's just messed up on so many different levels. So there's really what he did. It's not being stupid and young. What he did is just straight up stupid and ignorant and inappropriate. So, I mean, there's no place for what he did. But I think what these other guys did is just them being young. And I mean, it's just honestly in this day and age, you do something good. Like you can't have any of that stupid stuff out there on social media because anybody, somebody's going to dig it up and somebody's going to expose you in this day and age. And And as an agent, as Sean Newcomb's agent, Trey Turner's agent, anybody's agent across Major League Baseball right now, what the hell are you doing? You saw that happen to Josh Hader. You know that, well, obviously not the word that Hader's really under fire for, but the word that Newcomb and Trey Turner are under fire for right now. You know that a lot more people said that back in the day than they do now. So they know that a lot of people across Major League Baseball probably have that somewhere on their Twitter. Wipe the tweets. If you're an agent, as soon as you sign a player, wipe the tweets. Or as soon as you sign, yeah, as soon as you sign them to your agency, go, go tell them to go delete all their Twitter. Tell them to delete their old Twitter. Go, to, go delete all their old tweets. Do something for them. I mean, if, that's honestly on the agent. You got to watch yeah, out for them. You too, can't it's have too that. Too risky in this day and age. No. Especially since Josh Hader. I mean, there are some big name guys like Mike Trout, Whit Merrifield, and Kyle Schwarber, to name a few, who had kind of gotten busted before Hader saying some stuff like that. But it was since it was nowhere near as bad as Hader's, and nobody had done anything that bad yet. It wasn't as big of a deal. Whereas if they if that were to come out now, they'd probably be some pretty hot water. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely, but let's wrap things up here a little bit. I asked y'all on uh, Instagram for y'all's questions, if y'all had any questions you want to hear me and bid answer. So let's go with the first one right here. Is Andrew Luck going to come back and be better than before? Um, I'm not going to lie. This is definitely one that I've questioned for a good bit. You know, I said I thought the Browns should maybe try to make a little blockbuster move and give up some of those picks they had to uh, acquire Andrew Luck and maybe the Colts acquire some younger talent. You know, that been I, I, feel like, I feel like the Colts are so far away from winning and the Browns are like, like just a quarterback away from having a decent team. There's a good move for both teams, but I'm going to say yes, that Andrew Luck's going to come back and be better than he was before. I feel like that he's had time to sit back, watch film and everything. We saw how good he was when he was healthy. I think that he's finally in that stage in his career where he fully understands everything as an NFL quarterback, and he's about to put his brain together with his talent and ball out. Yeah, I disagree. I think he needs a change of scenery, first and foremost. Uh, He's not surrounded with a lot of talent up there in Indianapolis right now. Um, He has probably gotten smarter in the game he does probably know more than he did because he's over I mean he's had a pretty solid successful career as of uh up to this point but I just I think he's I think he needs to change the scenery before he can start playing well again I don't think he's ever going to have another good year in Indianapolis like you said if they had been able to make that move with Cleveland I would have loved that have guys like Jarvis Landry out there for him Josh yeah. Gordon that would have oh, been big yeah. for him but I, I just don't see it this year yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens there in Indianapolis. Lots of question marks. But another question we got here, who's going to be our best rookie QB this season? Or it's just predictions. So I'm just going to – so out of all these QBs, who I think will be the best one when they all retire, I'm going to go with – 
I said Josh Allen before the draft, but now where they've all gone, I'm going to have to go with Baker Mayfield. I'm just a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I feel like that he's just a winner and he has that swagger about him. And I think he's absolutely going to ball out and do big things this season. Um, that's my, that's who I think will have the best season. Or I mean, that's who I think will have the best career out of all of them. Best season though. I'm going to go with, uh, jo- with uh, Josh Rosen in Arizona. I just feel like that Arizona is going to have a good year with him in the offense. They have lots of veteran pieces who I think can make up for anywhere. He's going to struggle on the field. I look for him to throw the ball a lot to Larry Fitzgerald and then to run the ball a lot to David J. What do you think about these rookie quarterbacks? Uh, yeah, I agree with you there. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy to finally come along and save the Cleveland Browns, finally be a quarterback that they draft that works out. He's surrounded by a lot of talent up there. He's got great makeup. I mean, he's he's kind of been questioned his character and his reputation with the stuff that he's done. But I've heard nothing but positive things out of the locker room, I don't, and that's what really matters. I don't really care what a fan thinks about a player, if he's loved in the clubhouse, if he's loved in the locker room. That's what really matters to me. So I'm not worried about his character. I think he's still going to – I think he's going to mature as well as he gets older. And on the field, he's got some great talent. He's the – He's a brilliant competitor. He works his ass off. I love the. I love having him up there in Cleveland. I think he's going to have a very successful career. Yeah, no, I'm. I agree with you there completely. I mean, like you said, a lot of people call his character and stuff into question. I don't. I. Lo- I personally am a big fan of his antics. Like, how are you going to let Kansas talk smacks? So you can Kansas football. Yeah, Kansas deserved everything that came to him. Oh yeah, and they. He reminded them who's daddy. But uh, our next question is Nikola Jokic or Kristaps Porzingis. Um, I'm going to have to go with Jokic as the better player between the two of them. I just think that. I mean, Porzingis, I think, was on a better track until he got injured, but coming off. The ACL injury, there's just no way I can pick him over Jokic. Also, Jokic has been on winning teams. Porzingis really hasn't. I love how Jokic can pass the ball. He can shoot it. He can score it. I mean, he can do everything. I think he's a really good just all-around basketball player, and I think he's going to have a great season with his stacked-up Nuggets team. I agree with you for this season, but for a full career, I think Porzingis is going to end up being the better player overall. Um, like you said, he hasn't really had a chance to be on too many winning teams. Um, I think at some point in his career, whether it's with New York or whether he leaves in free agency, I think he's going to latch on to a contender, and I think that he's going to have a solid career. But as for this year, I'd have to agree with you and put Joe ahead. Yeah, no, I just I just want to see Porzingis come back from that ACL injury. I think that's the biggest part of it is the fact that he's got that ACL injury. I mean, that's just a tough – ACL and Achilles injuries are really tough for players to bounce back from. But, yeah. I mean, if anybody can bounce back, I'm sure Porzingis can. I really hope he does. Um, our, one of our next questions is how is eSports evolving with Fortnite and other large platform games? I already know who asked that one. Yeah, we already know who asked <laughs> that one. But uh, I would say that it's just evolving in the fact that everyone is now watching these games streamed on Twitch, like I feel like Fortnite's like to me. I honestly hate watching people play video games, but Fortnite has Fortnite's changed the game. Exactly, it, it's really changed. The game. It's one of like the few games that we actually enjoy watching people play. So yeah. I just feel like it's the fact of all that. It, it's really impressive for me to watch, especially because I I don't know about you, but I'm freaking horrible at Fortnite. So watching guys that I know, like Shane Alvarino, go out there and dominate like that is really impressive to me. But um, I mean, you look at how much these guys are getting paid doing this. Esports has always been, or for the last several years, it's been growing, but it's been growing exponentially quicker since uh, Fortnite took over the game, and it's really impressive to watch right now. Oh, yeah, I know for sure, especially with Twitch streaming and stuff. Everyone's been doing it so much more ac- accessible and stuff. I see all kinds of people when they're sitting in class streaming it on I their mean, computer. The, pu- the publicity it gets now so much bigger than everything else, too. I mean, you saw Ninja playing with Drake and Juju Smith-Schuster, like... 
I never would have imagined esports would grow to that point where one of their biggest stars would be playing with those two guys right there. That's yeah, really no, dead, dead ass. Like esports has blown up so much, and the sport just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And uh, we're actually going to have Shane Albert, the guy you spoke about earlier, great Fortnite player. We're going to have him come on and talk a little bit about esports with me here. I want to shed a little light on it in the next upcoming podcast, just because I feel like it's blowing up so much. And you know, we got to be on that, all the big stuff. Um, but um, next, next up, uh, let's talk about um, why on earth did the Braves trade for another um, fielder instead of a comfortable starter? Asked by one of my friends. Um, like we talked about earlier, we thought Duvall's a great uh, add for the right side of the plate with his home run power and everything, which is what the Braves need. Um, actually, the Mariners just traded for Cameron Mabin. Um, that's a nice little add for the Mariners. Get another bat, get great fielder. You know, he played for the Braves. He's definitely been a little MLB journeyman, but he's a great player. But um, I think the Braves are going to add a pitching prospect right here before the deadline expires. We've got about an hour and 30 minutes left before that comes to, comes into play. But, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, adding a controllable starter will be huge. Like, the Braves are front runners for Chris Archer, according to several sources right now. But I do like the Duval trade, especially because, like we were talking about earlier, how well he's hit left-handed pitching in his career. He's taken a step back this year, but I'm not too worried. I think he'll bounce back, as opposed to Ender and Ciarte, who has just been absolutely horrible against left-handed pitching all year. Duvall is a very underrated defender as well in left field. And uh, even when he's not starting, he'll be the first bat off the bench. So our bench just got that much better. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I definitely think we need another pitcher. But at the same time, Braves fans, I wouldn't freak out too much over us not making moves at the trade deadline. We're still a really young team, lots of good prospects. Going to keep on rebuilding. I mean, this and year's we'll definitely – starting today, speaking of prospects. Yeah, exactly. See, this year – see, I feel like our year's next year or the year after that where it's we're going to be really stacked up and this whole team will come together. Like, we're kind of ahead of schedule this season, so I'm not too worried about what's going on with the Braves. But, you know, we definitely have a good, good team coming up here in the next couple years looking forward to see what happens but vid i appreciate having you on again yeah thanks for having me man hey i appreciate all y'all sending your questions once again i'll ask before my next podcast for questions from y'all again try to get some fan questions in there each episode but this concludes today's episode of hot takes with tp3 i'll come to y'all at least one or two more times this week i appreciate y'all tuning in follow me on twitter at hot takes with tp3 and be looking out for everything i got him on the the home and the with the dinosaurs Every week I change my clouds. Got a fitness store in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got to wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch in my lap.